devil in the details. Hello and what's this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me the show this week. As ever, we've got Paul Parkin. Couple of weeks since we've done this, Parker. How have you been? Yeah, hi mate. Yeah, it feels like a lot longer, I'll be honest. I don't know why. <laughs> it just feels like it's been months. Yeah, not too bad. You know, a few little things trying to trip me up in life like they do. The world seems to be falling apart around us. Mm. Other than that, yeah, everything's good. Loving the World Cup, all the rugby day to day. From the wheelchairs right the way through, the ladies and, and the men's stuff. Kept me well entertained. So, absolutely, it's like heaven, isn't it? Rugby league nearly every day. So, it yeah. should be. Rugby league every day, World Cup. was getting involved, was getting media attention as well on all his record viewing figures on BBC and that. And it's great. Obviously, obviously, we need this, don't we, to promote the sport uh, and to make it grow. Yeah, definitely. I think it's been, other than possibly the attendances, which there are many reasons for why it's been like that. Other than that, the products on the pitch has been really good. The promotion from from the BBC can't really complain, can we? They've done done us okay. Even the online stuff, they've not tried to skip over anything. It's been really good coverage, and it's got me totally into wheelchair rugby. What <laughs> it. unbelievable! Yeah, it's just crazy. It's possibly the best version of rugby league there is. Mm. Oddly enough, yeah, just just been brilliant. And like I say, the publicity that's coming out of it for the game is much needed. And it's it's about time we got this kind of coverage, I think, because uh, we know how good the game is. It just needs spreading to everybody else. And I think having these newer nations in as well has helped a little bit, opened up to new markets and countries and people who, who probably wouldn't even watch rugby league. So hopefully in a few years' time in France, we go again. And then who knows, in, in seven, eight years, whatever, the next World Cup after that, what nations could be in it could be brilliant. Mm, yeah, about developing the sport, these developing nations that have come in, yeah, they do get on the wrong end of a couple of hammerings, but they learn from that, don't they? And you're hoping now the the Rugby Football League and people involved in the international circuit can sort of help them other nations by producing maybe another tournament for them to play in between World Cups so they can get better when they do come round to World Cup time. And that's the plan, hopefully, with this World Cup. You get a bit more money out of it and you can obviously give it to them nations to improve. Yeah, well, they had the emerging nations, didn't they? Was it back in the 90s or something like that? And that, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing would be great again. Some kind of possibly European tournament, Italy, Greece, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, leave England and France out. I think I, I, I'm not sure. Well, I don't know the way France perform. Maybe they might need to. But mm-hmm. you know, to give these countries more, more time, more exposure, I think that's the key thing. And, and people going on about these scores, you know, there's been some runaways. You'll find it in every sport. At the, at the elite level, rugby union. I remember uh, New Zealand putting something like 140, 150 on someone in a World Cup game. I mean, you know, it happens. Eng- England football played, was it Panama in the last World Cup? Won 7 0 or something. It happens at that level. These countries still deserve the right to be there. And uh, that's the only way they're ever going to develop by playing against better. And that's yeah. where the, the, the game needs to be at all levels for me. It's been great so far. Obviously, I'm missing the Reds. I can't wait for that to come back, especially after the. The 12 months we had previous, but everything's good. We're talking about the Reds. Paul Hyten, ex uh, player's birthday today. You've got, you're paying homage to him. I know it's not going to make great radio, but uh, behind Parker yeah, is uh, Paul Hyten's playing shirt. Is that right, Parker? Yeah, he donated it to me. Well, it's probably must have been 2000. And, wow, I don't even know what year it was now. 2000. What a shirt. Yeah. I shirt that. So it'll be. Yeah, I've got that as well, by the way. Yeah. But we don't go on about it. Uh, yeah, you all remember it—the blue one with the, yeah. the, the white sleeves. Great bloke, Paul Lighton. A, a great uh, ambassador for the club, both on and off the pitch at times. But more, more than anything, a really good bloke. Mm. Uh, uh, always had time for everyone. I remember Forever Reds and things like that when he used to come down to the meetings, and even after a game in the Willows, he'd hang about. And one thing that really stood out for me was uh, we got relegated two thousand and six. We were in the Willows after the game and Paul was holding his son, who he'd he'd called Harrison. I think it had something to do with Carl at the time. And he was in tears. He was in floods because we got relegated. Mm -hmm. Some of the players clearly weren't that affected, but he he was. And that's it's things like that where you know what it means to people. And uh, yeah, so a big happy birthday. It's also Kevin McGuinness's birthday today. (laughs) Yeah. We don't see much of him anymore. But yeah, another great, another great player. Both played in the same team together. Yeah, it's his birthday today as well, but I don't have a shirt. I've got everything else of his, I think, which is like his shirt. So he's one of your favourites, when he came in the from the Rattler. Uh, yeah, I love Butter. He had that little bit of 
something about him as a player and also that cheekiness. And again, another another nice man, really nice guy. But one of them has vanished off the scene. Don't know what you know. Went home and we don't see him anymore, do we? Mm. Um, Hopefully, but yeah. he'll come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows? He might show up in the next twelve months. You just never know, dear. No. Uh, so obviously. We've got a lot to get through because you haven't been on the, the podcast for a couple of weeks. So we've got a lot of news to, to go through. But before we do news, uh, last podcast, me and Paul played a couple of games, Parker. And this this week, it's your turn. So I've got two games to pick from. We've got name your squad, right? And name that bench. So which game would you like to play at the beginning of the show? And which game would you like to play at the end of the show? Oh, oh! I don't know what this entails, so it's kind of a little bit tricky. I'm going to go. I'll go with the squad while my mind's fresh. Name, name uh, my squad, right? Yeah, and then okay. it seems like I don't know, but I think it seems like there's less numbers on the end one, so hmm. my brain will be worn out by then. <laughs> okay, so basically, you can play at home as well. People listening at home, it's remember play your cards right, Bruce, Bruce Forsyth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what it is? It's a bit like that. But instead of cards, it's squad numbers. Ah. I'm gonna. I've got two lined up for you, Packer. So I want you to pick number one or number two first. Well, go on number one. Number one. Okay. So the first player is Andy Platt, 1998. His mm-hmm. squad number was number eight. Mm-hmm. Right. Eight appearances, no tries. Yeah. Okay. The second person is. Big Seb, 2020, what was his squad number? Was it higher or lower than eight? Yeah, it was It was higher. It was It, it was higher. Uh, higher? Yeah. Okay. can't remember what it was, but I think it was higher. Okay. We'll go higher, and that's correct. His squad number was 14, 13 mm. appearances, no tries. The next one, 2014, Steve <sighs> Repera. Oh! 18 appearances, no tries. Was his squad number higher or lower than fourteen? I'm going to say I'm going to say lower. I don't. I do don't. You, I, think, I don't. You, you have got, a, a switcheroo. You could use. I don't know if he got a pack spot, or did he? Did he not? <sighs> Steve Repay didn't play many, did he? he? Didn't. He was a bit of a letdown overall. Mm. When we signed him, I, I think Steve Repair. Second row, I think. He was, he was, he was a back rower. Yeah. But um, who would have been there? I can't think who else would have been in the team. I'll tell you what, I'll change my mind. I'm going to go higher. Higher? I'm going to go okay. higher. Okay, so Steve Rapier's squad number was 18. So you're right to change your mind. Okay, next one was 2017 Lamataze. 22 appearances, two tries. Was his squad number higher or lower than 18? You've got a switcheroo, don't forget. Now, is this his first spell or his second spell? That's the question. 17. Maybe his first. Hmm. Didn't think of that. Lama. Lama tells it. Because he's higher. Or lower than 18. I'm going to switch that, Rob, because switch I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So we switch switcheroo on Lamataze. So you're going to switch it to Vic Munro, 2013. Eight appearances, one try. Was his squad number higher or lower than 18? Well, he's very lucky to have a squad number. What <laughs> um, I remember of him, I, I'm good. Forum was with him, and Forum had quite a, a high number. Yeah. I'm going to say higher. I'm going to say higher. Higher than 18. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Could we sign him late? I think it was a panic buy when we got a bit of money off Kukash. Mm. I think we brought him in at the end, so we may have already had squad numbers sorted by then. Is that your final answer? Yeah, yeah. Vic Monroe's squad number. Was sixteen Ooh. lower? Ooh, was it really? Ah, well, it's okay. Yes. So just for fun, for the rest of them, Lamataze was fourteen. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's yeah, that rings a bell now. Uh, I might save the rest. We'll yeah. save the rest for the next. Yeah, that's good. That yeah, that's yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, enjoyed that. Okay. Get prepared for next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that really not now. It's squad numbers. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now we'll see what's happening in the world of uh, Soul for Red Devils. So we'll start with some recent news. Salford have re-signed Ben Helliwell from Featherstone. Keynes was briefly in 2022 on a loan move for four weeks or something like that. Played a couple of games for us. Played very well. Remember him topping the charts in the stats. I think it was Catalan away. So Paul Rowell has seen enough in that period of time to give him the opportunity to open play Super League. Paul, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, Ben Hollywell from Fev. Uh, seems like a a, a decent signing, really. He did quite well when he was on loan last season for a, for a couple of weeks. Really took his chance well. It looks it looked like a solid performer, considering he stepped up from the championship just for a couple of weeks, which must be tough to do because the pace of the game can take you know months and years for people. But he did a really good job, and hopefully, I mean, we 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 all trust Paul Rowley and what what he's you know what he sees in a player. He, he knows what he wants. He obviously knows he's going to be good around the camp. And, you know, he's going to fit in well. And, he, you know, he adds to our sort of burgeoning, certainly back row and, and pack in general. I think I think we're building it up quite quite nicely now. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, and I spoke to uh, a, a friend of mine who's a Fed fan who said that the guy's just so dependable and he won't find it a problem coming into our squad. So uh, more good work from the lower leagues, the way, the way we can go. And, uh, you know, we've pulled out some gems in recent years. So uh, fingers crossed we've got another one. Going the other way, Elijah Taylor, he's gone to Featherston, worked hard for us, captain, you know, respected him, did very well, and uh, we wish him all the best in his move to Featherston. Well, I'll have to admit, it's, it's a huge surprise to see Elijah off to the championship. He's proven over the last few years what an absolute top quality player he is. A top quality bloke as well. But genuinely on the pitch, I, I don't think I've seen too many players in 40-odd years who work as hard as he does. He leaves nothing in the tank every every single week. He, he works his socks off for the team. Leads by example. You, you see it when he comes off the pitch, to when he's being subbed. He, he looks like he's got nothing left in him. And then he ends up again and he goes on for another stint. How he does it every week. He's a real warrior, proper rugby league player. One of those players that will always have a good uh, spot in our hearts, I think. But yeah, like I say, a bit of a shot going to the championship. He's definitely a Super League level player, but, but that's where Featherstone want to be. And you've got to sign them players. They fell short last year, obviously, with Lee spending you know, big money on a lot of players. And if you want to get in Super League, you've got to buy the best of what's out there. And they've, they've pulled off a cracker, a real leader who can, who can probably take him to that next level on and off the pitch his professionalism behind the scenes I wish the guy all the best I hope he can get to finish his career in a in a good way hopefully leading maybe to the Super League but big shock to see him go to the Championship but then I'm glad I don't have to see him play against us next year because I don't want mixed feelings about the guy he's been a, a proper warrior for us and I wish him all the best We've also picked up Ellis Longstaff from Warrington. A loan move, a one-year loan deal for Ellis. For me, Paul, a very good player. I know he's played against us a couple of times for Warrington and he's always been a standout player on the pitch for me. So I think it's a good move. We've picked him up on a one-year loan deal. And obviously, likes of uh, Dan Murray and Harvey Levet have followed the same path. So you're hoping we can get him tied down after this uh, one-year loan deal and he continue his development in the shirt of Sulphur Devils. Well, we have been busy, haven't we? Yeah, another good signing. Ellis uh, Longstaff from Warrington, obviously. Spent time at Hull FC in the last 12 months. Really talented young lad. I'm surprised Warrington haven't recalled him, after, especially after the season they had last year. He's really good talent. 20 years old, lot of skill. Scores a few tries and all for a back rower, which is you know always good to see. He's going to be a, a, a great addition to the squad. And our back row now... I think we've probably got, I don't know, eight or nine second rowers competing for two slots. He's, he's fantastic to see. And I think this kid, I think he's got a big future in front of him. No, it's only sort of temporary at the moment with us, but he's the kind of player that you want to build teams around. And for me, he's very much in the in the mould of Harvey Levet, who obviously we've lost this year. So another good replacement, more good work from the club. 
and let's see what how he goes. With the news uh, broke today, Parker, that Salford will be looking at having a wheelchair rugby team in 2023 after uh, all the excitement of the wheelchair rugby World Cup, which is happening now. It's fantastic the club are trying to get a team going. Absolutely. Brilliant. Like I said earlier, I was, I've been blown away by it. I've, I've seen a couple of games previously and I watched the grand final this year, Halifax and Leeds. That was a... I mean, that was a great game. It went right to the very last second. It was brilliant. Mm. Um, but it's all action. It just doesn't stop. And anyone who plays it is, I, I think you're nuts, to be honest. The collisions, when you hear the chairs hit together at full speed, and you think, oh, someone's fingers are in there or something like that. Or they go over on the floor and, and they get up and they're all laughing and smiling. And it's, it's brilliant. But it's so good to watch the skill levels. How they do it. So I wheel along at them speeds, stop, turn. There was a guy I watched a couple of days ago sidestepping in a chair. I, I can't sidestep with my legs. <laughs> I, I don't know. He, he just sort of went along and then moved. It was he's brilliant. I'd love the club to get a, a successful team going. Uh, that, I mean, it's fantastic. And I know that you don't. You can be able bodied, can't you? Don't yep. actually have to be sort of confined to a chair or anything like that. It's it's open for everybody, and I, I'm sure there'll be people out there who would be like really killing to have a go at this. Mm. Um, but it is good. So, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly be going and watching it. I think it'd be fantastic. It's a great idea. And again, expanding this, this you know, the family we've got already of, of teams, it's the next logical step, really. Yeah, I think we should go down and have a go when we've got a team going, just to see what we if we can mix it, maybe. Yeah, rain check on that, rain check. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, it does look like fun. Uh, yeah. I just, just worry about losing, you know, Fingers. digits or something like that. But, yeah. <laughs> I think I've got enough going on at the moment without that. But no, it's, uh, it's, it's really, really good. And I'm glad, I'm glad the, the club are looking at it. They said, they, you know, they would, they're going to go in every direction. It's open to everybody. And that's that's what's been coming across in the World Cup, isn't it? This, that the rugby league is, it is open to everybody. It doesn't matter your shape, size, condition, whatever, whoever you are, you can play rugby league. It's a game for everyone. Like certain things in, in football, you just, certain people won't, won't do, won't be able to do. Hmm. Same, you know, many other sports, rugby league, it's so open, it's coming across that way. And I hope people take them up on it and, and we get a, a good team going. Yeah. I spoke to Craig Fisher in a public podcast and he is the head coach of Wales PDRL who finished third in the PDRL World Cup. So he told us about his journey in the World Cup and coaching Wales and how much fun it was and beating Australia, beating New Zealand, getting beat by England and, and all the controversy around around finishing third. And then she also told us about the engagement report from the foundation and the opportunity that the wheelchair may be coming to Salford in 2023. So it's well worth a listen. Big thanks to everyone who's, who's listened uh, so far. A massive amount of people that blew my mind, really, because we hadn't done a podcast for like two weeks. I thought it'd be a, a slow burner, but it just took off today. So big thanks for everybody who, who's tuned in, listened to that. And if you haven't, then you better do it because a lot of people have. Uh, we're not going to talk about England because we're recording this before England's played and I'm going to put it out after England's played so we're not going to uh, talk about that uh, we'll have to wait for the next podcast so let's move on to new training gear Parker mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter lads are back in pre-season all wearing the new gear all looks very impressive from BX3 yeah and again it was brilliant stuff they've produced so far for us since they've taken over from Kappa last year. It's been all the stuff that's come out has been brilliant, and now this new stuff mm-hmm. straight away. I was getting messages of lads, you know, basically just saying, "Take me money, you know, whatever you want." I'm, you know, I'm having this. Yeah, nice tint of gold to mm-hmm. obviously to go along with the the 150th celebrations this year. The new badge looks really good with with the strap line around it and everything that looks. Looks excellent. So, yeah, the gear, again, they're going to empty people's pockets. Um, She's, you know, irresponsible in this day and age with with what's going on. But, um, no, brilliant. You know, and the the, the more stuff and the better the stuff is, the more money goes into the club because people want to get their hands on it. But, yeah, looks looks really, really good. I can't wait to see some more of it. And then, obviously, the, the replica shirts and everything else. Yeah. Don't forget, like Christmas is coming, important time for the club. Obviously, we'll all go rush out and buy the merch because it's good stuff, isn't it? If it's not good stuff, we don't buy it. We've got a history of that. But we do at the moment producing some good stuff. Talking about good stuff, Parky, the Red, Red Star Belgrade partnership shirts are out as well. Two amazing shirts as well, well worth purchasing. 
Yeah, they are brilliant. Really, really smart. When, it, when they first sort of came out, I, I thought, it's a ah, shirt for next year. Mm. Actually quite nice. And then obviously looked at it. Another good link-up. Again, the club getting the name out there. First dibs in countries that people aren't. They have got a strong game over there. They're actually developing really well. If you look at the, the world rankings and where Serbia are, and it's, it's actually really coming on. Mm. And we're in there now. Like we are in a team in America. We've got team in Australia, obviously Ghana, what we're doing in Wales. Another great link-up for them shirts. They're, they're smart. And like you say about the gear, and it is coming up to Christmas, the club, you know, really need it this time of the year. Really need them. I know we all do, and all times are, you know, tough, but it's tough for the club. They've got no revenue coming in. They don't get anything, but they still got to pay everybody's wages every week. Our players are under contract. Somebody's got to, you know, stump up. So, yeah, we can get out there, obviously season tickets and everything else you know 150 club and whatever else you know if you can do yeah uh, also there's a club 13 uh, business network event on the 24th of november at the aj bell park in other opportunity if you're a business owner to go down and network because that's the important thing that's what this rugby club needs to be it needs to be the center of the community both for the people and for business and um, it's doing really great i know uh, joanne hawkins sets takes pictures of the event as it goes which is great obviously if you if you're not able to get down there and uh, so yeah if you can if you do own a business go and engage maybe drum up some business for yourself too yeah and, and apparently really well run hmm. really well attended as well what i've heard a lot of, you know a lot of people are really impressed with what what they see when they get there and obviously it's good that, that, that sport and, and business mix it, not just financially but the sharing of ideas you know between the two their their businesses at the end of the day but they they have to run differently and they have different methods but what you could easily pick something up just in in random conversation with somebody who's you know successful in their own field so yeah it's it's a great thing to have and it's it's something else the club have obviously got and are looking to to develop further yeah and also the club were at Salford University yesterday, Enterprise event, trying to get the students involved in the club. I think it's a media and communication side of the club. But we've got a you know a vast amount of talent that we've we've managed to, to get from Salford University. So it's a good supply of talent into our club. Yeah, and again, it's one of the things that works both ways. I know the yeah. guys at the club work really, really tirelessly. They're good at what they do. But they, they, at times they'll need more bodies, you know, mm. especially when the season kicks off and things are going. They can't be everywhere. It's such a small sort of skeleton staff, if you like. And and these, pe- these, these people going to uni will get the experience of a workplace and how it works. And in, in that environment, again, with it being a sports club, is different to just any other business. So, again, it's really good. Yeah, and I hope, I hope people do get involved. And we want, obviously, we want to tie up with the uni as well. For other things going forward, even even pre-match entertainment, where you got the bands coming out of the university and things like that, so it's a it's a great place to to be sort of located for us. Yeah, opportunity club gives opportunity, and that's what it is. Whether you're a business or whether you're in the community or whether you're a student, this is what this club is. It's it's a stepping stone to being a Premier Rugby club in a Premier sport, and, that, and that's the that's the important thing for me. Yeah, and that's obviously going forward. Now we've had you know we basically got the guidelines of what what is expected of professional Super League clubs and uh, we, we want to be at the forefront of that. And again, we, we're never going to be flush with cash as such, but ideas and, and giving people that chance to, to express them, it, it's probably better here than it would be at most places. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's good, great on the club to be there. And like I say, if we can link up with the, the university a lot more going forward in, in all areas and, and try and get a few bums on seats as well during games, then th- those that may want to come down and play you know, play for the ladies team, you know, or, or, or whatever else. It's all there for us. So, yeah, something to keep pressing on. Yeah, very exciting times. Talk about exciting times. New signing times. Okay. Sam Stone signs from Lee. Two-year contract, 25 years old, ex-Newcastle, ex-Gold Coast. Played for Lee for a couple of seasons. Well, I've seen his video highlights. And for me, he's like a, a blockbusting running second row. A couple of his highlights burst the line, ran 40 metres and scores. And I'm thinking, you'll do for me. Yeah, he's uh, he's been he's been around the scene a few years now, and I know Lee was really they they were they, I think they were a little bit disappointed that they've had to let him go. Quota rules and everything else. Obviously, last year I think Lee had something like 15 overseas players, which obviously can't work in Super League. So they've had to they've had to let him go. 
and we've been lucky enough to snap him up. But I was reading a couple of days ago that, that Melbourne Storm were looking at him mm. as well, and a couple of other NRL clubs were interested in taking him home. And we've somehow said, "What?" I know, obviously, he, he knew Kurt Agassi from from Kurt's time at, at Lee, and I'm sure Paul Rowley and his connections there would have helped, and even in who who we'll we'll get to, but. It, there's, there's all these links be, between the two clubs I've persuaded him to come and it's great we need bodies we need experienced bodies and, and people who are going to make an impact we can't carry players like other clubs we need players who are ready and, and first team ready every time and it looks like a really good signing for us yeah it's good stuff Parky obviously brought in four lost six at the moment mm. so the you're hoping because mm. obviously Paul Rowell last season spoke a lot about the size of his squad and not being having the numbers to be able to to pick a quality in week in week out. So you're hoping that there's a bit of wheeling dealing going. Obviously the money is short, we understand that, uh, but you're hoping that somebody somewhere can do a bit, a bit of business and uh, we'll get a few more bodies in. Yeah, well another thousand fifteen hundred season ticket holders might help that for mm. us. That's the only problem there is. I'm sure I'm sure Paul Rowley's got players identified him. Like we said earlier, watching the World Cup, there may yeah. be the odd player from an unexpected team that we've seen that we'd like to have. Or again, we've done really well at the championship and lower leagues, but you've still got to pay these guys and it's mm. it's just bridging that gap, I suppose. And again, like I say at this time of the year, it's not easy. I think they'll have a couple more in mind to bring in, but Sam Stone looks like a, a really good player. And he, he actually looks a bit more versatile to me, just than than a, a back than a second rower. I don't know because, like you said, he had legs on him. He looked pretty yeah. quick, big man. And then you think of the other sort of back rowers we've already got, and you know Shane Wright and Greenwood and people like that who are all still there. It's good competition. I think that's what we the, the squad needs just to keep pressure on every everyone else. And the good thing is this year we haven't lost too many and we certainly haven't lost the key players mm. so we've got a lot to build on I think the odd press face just to you know keep things a bit light I think it's a good signing I think it's turnover in it you don't want too many if you can lose the edges and bring some new people in then obviously you, you, the, the the whole of the squad keeps virtually the same you build a bit of continuality probably not a word but that, you know what I'm talking about yeah, yeah, and it is. It's about just upgrading on those mm. players. So those those peripheral players that maybe only played a couple of times, can we get slightly better, even for the same money, let's say, or slightly younger and developed players? For me, Sam Luckley was a, a bit of a loss, but we I think we've done okay to, to cover that. The only one really now for me is is Elijah Taylor. I know we brought Ollie Partington and who can play in a couple of positions, but I think that experience that Elijah gave us as well at times as a, as a skipper, a leader... If we can replace him with maybe someone 10 years younger who's got that work ethic and that, that defensive mentality that he had, I, I, I can only see he's getting better. Mm. It's exciting. Like I say, off-season, lots of things turning in the background and we'll be seeing uh, results of that in the next few weeks. Talking about in the background, Christian Inu has returned to the club as assistant coach, replacing Danny R. Parky, thoughts on that? Yeah. Great move, great move. I think he's got a series of experience in the NRL and over here he's played in. Has he played in five grand finals, mm-hmm. you know, I think four in, in over five, there. Yeah, so he's uh, obviously got, got vast experience. He's a good character. We know that from when he was with us. And he's well respected mm-hmm. as a player. So uh, I'm sure he can teach Mark Sneed out a kit. Oh, no, that's... that's right, that. <laughs> uh, no, but, you know, and to work with the, the back line, We've got, obviously, Kurt, who was a forward. We've got Paul Rowley, who was a hooker. Knows, knows a bit about everything. And, and in who's played, I think he's probably played everywhere in a back line at some point. I'm probably in the second row at other, other times. But, yeah, great, great move. Again, he's coming back to this. When he was here, we had Lee Mossop and Flash Flanagan, people like that, that 2019 team, and that bond that they all had together. And he's bringing that, and we're keeping that together. Mm. And Last season, you saw it how tight they all were, like they were all mates, and, and it's just keeping the rather than just bringing somebody in from the outside who we don't know, maybe wouldn't fit. He knows how the club works, he knows what he's got to work with, he knows budgets, he knows the training ground or lack of or whatever else. So, nothing's going to be a shock to him, he's just going to come in and do his job. And I think it's it. again another good move, yeah. And who knows, still got his boots, <laughs> <laughs> we're struggling later in the season, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I say I'm, I'm excited about that. I think, I think he'll uh, obviously bring a lot of experience. 
The obviously he only left a couple of years ago. I think it'd be interesting to see how you bridge that gap. Obviously, because you you're a coach mm. and a, and then you're a, you're a player one minute and then you're a coach and now you you deal with that divide really. But like I say, that's something you'd have to ask him and if he thought about that and how we will deal with that in the next sort of months and weeks to come because he'll have an ear in both camps really, won't he? Because obviously he still have friends who, who who play for Salford, so it will be interesting to see how how that plays out. Um, talking about playing out exec boxes people who want to play out on a game day are available for businesses and they're all fantastic in the AJ Bell lots of great stuff way to service great views from the boxes to the pitch if I was a business and I'd gone down to the business event I'd be mooching down to the reception and purchasing myself an exec box yeah, it's something I wouldn't mind trying, I'll be honest. I mean, I've been in, I've been for a walk around them boxes and like you say, the view is is tremendous. I'm sure yeah. the, the whole experience of it, I mean, I've done I've done corporate boxes at football games and, and I've even done them at certain rugby league grounds, but it is a superb view from up there. It's something I wouldn't mind, you know, giving a go to. But even you've got that or you've got the, you know, the, the, these, these obviously more suites around the ground, or you know, you buy your season ticket, you can upgrade and upgrade but through the season. If one of these comes available, you know, you don't know someone's maybe someone's special birthday or whatever. You know, booking for the family. Get you know, get, I don't know how many old these rooms. It 10, 12, 10, yeah. like You know, um, I think it's a great thing, and I'd love to try it sometime. So if if, if anyone's listening, if birthday in January, <laughs> let you know. Yeah, just put it out there. We used to record a podcast in one of them uh, exec boxes once, mm. the early on, maybe the first three years, maybe. So the two seats are good as well. Uh, I, did, I didn't know yeah. that. That's new. Yeah, we started in the museum, then we went into mm. the media room, then we went into the, one of the boxes, but then obviously we, we moved on to virtual now, which is better. I have to keep travelling down to the AJ Bell on a Wednesday. The problem was, Wednesday night of the players day off so when we got ah. there nobody was ever there so one of them one of them things but we do enjoy doing it this way and hopefully yeah. looking at him sort of investing in the kit again so we'll be able to put jingles in and interviews in straight away which will be great something to think about got a programme got my eye on still need to do a bit of research on it because we've come so far with this i want it to be an improvement rather than a setback so let's look at hopefully like you say with the coffee all our listeners supporting us with that gives us the opportunity to possibly get this program so hopefully um, it may improve the, your podcast experience going forward yeah, can it make me look any better uh, it does actually all right. <laughs> i can there's lots of different okay. things we can do with it which i can't do with this <laughs> this thing uh, I can do like mo- moving graphics and stuff like that, and uh, you know when we talk about players, pop them up on the screen and things like that. So it's be you know okay. be things that you know might give us that extra bit of a little bit of the class, really. Because obviously I've joined a sort of a podcast group that I talked to all the podcasters on a Wednesday, and they tell me about their podcast and the equipment they use. And I thought, yeah, you know that's what you go for. You you're investing out, you're investing in your podcast and getting some good info out of it, and hopefully it'll make our podcast podcast better yeah well yeah as long as you don't ask me i can't use the toaster so never mind <laughs> Te- any other technology but yeah it's, it sounds good sounds good to me it's exciting hopefully cross your fingers we'll do it um on the exec boxes next one fixtures out 2023 yes. exciting times obviously first time it, it comes out you all scramble for the phone don't you to see certain games you look out for what games you look out for parky when the fixtures are released First one, really, just mm-hmm. just to see where we're kicking off. I see we're away again. Yeah. First game, it's about four or five years on the bounce now. I don't think we have a home game to start with. Uh, it'd be nice to have Lee at home. Mm. You know, a nice bumper crowd to start the season again. More money in the coffers, and but no, it's a, it's a good challenge, isn't it? It's a great way to kick the season off. That'll be that'll be some atmosphere thing. I think the East Lancs that day will be a bit busy. Yeah. Travelling down there. It's not as bad as having to go to Castleford last year, so mm-hmm. at least we'll have a roof over our head. Yeah, great, great fix to that. And obviously everyone looks for, for Catalan away, which is in the you know the middle of the year this year again, which is, you know, great for sunshine probably. Not so great for the players, but uh, I just I think the thing is people say, Oh, we've got this, oh we've got we've got to play everybody mm. throughout the year. It doesn't matter in what order really. I suppose sometimes you like to play one of the big teams early because you can catch them off guard, but then you think we're playing late in the year, they might have more injuries. It's 
you know, swings and roundabouts. But uh, I think it was a decent start. Lee away, all care all. We can't, we can't really complain. We're on Sky quite a few times, which it was a shock. Uh, I thought mm. Sky forgot who we were. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a decent start to the year and we'll just plod along after that. Because Rowley Ball, you see, they're, they're growing. People are starting to recognise what it's all about. So Sky want us on to promote rugby league. Want, want rugby league to be exported to the masses. You want to see uh, good rugby, and that's what Paul Rowley produces. Yeah, the entertainers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that, that brand of rugby we watched last year, I don't think any of us have watched anything like that. Uh, that back end of the season, some of the tries we scored were just... You know, and that, like you say, people want to see that. And it, it, it did spread because everybody in rugby league was talking about us and about the way we played and the fact, the fact that we were a threat to everybody because you couldn't you couldn't script us, even though we were scripted. Paul Rowley mm. will tell you that. <laughs> we, definitely script, we definitely trained for all this, but mm-hmm. it didn't look like the opposition had watched any videos of us if that was the case. So more of the same, please. Have you done your points tally for the season because when I get my fixture list I always go win, 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 lose, lose, win, win, lose, win, win, lose. Have you have you done that yet? And if you have, what points total did you get? No, no. I used to do no. that years ago. Now I, I know, now because I used to put W at the side of everything. Um, <laughs> it works out that way. It doesn't run the Challenge Cup every year for 20 years, I think. Um, no, no, it just, it, it's a case of take it as it is. I think I think last year I was a lot more worried at the start of the season. I know we're not at the start of the season yet, but about our position in the league than I will be this year. I feel a lot more confident anyway, so I'm not worried about anybody. I'm really not. I think on our day we proved last year we'll beat anyone. Mm. You know, we, when we tore Saints apart last season, what? No, you, we could have played an RL team that day. I think and probably won. The others feel the way game in the in the playoffs. Performances like that scare teams, and it's it, it, giving me such a, a confidence in Paul Rowley and, and the team that, and there's not that much turnaround as we mentioned before. I've got no, I don't worry about any team. Obviously, you don't want to be throwing away to Saints and, and Wigan and Leeds because they, they're going to be tough games, but that's what you're going to get. But we'll go there with a renewed optimism, I think, of, of who we are. I think he's mm-hmm. given us that, and the team themselves have given us this feeling that. We, we, we can do something. We are a good team. Last season, I said to you at the start of the year and Paul on, on here that we, if we didn't finish in the bottom three, we've done well. Well, there you go. Mm. We, did, we did okay, I think. And everybody else would have tipped us for the same. And already this year, before the season starts, certain bookies have got us down as being in the bottom three and four and things like that. I don't see it. I honestly don't see it. I think if we can stay fit and well and play the type of rugby we have been playing, we'll be a real threat again for them playoffs. Talking about two things. One thing, conspiracy theory. You know, we talk about the bookies and having Salford's uh, odds. Do we think, because obviously the, the teams who are sort of have big followings like Wigan, Saints, Leeds, Castleford, are all kind of near the top of that. So are Betfred Super League putting out a sort of a list of betting uh, to say, look, your team is very good? go and buy a ticket for the grand final because you might make it rather than saying your team's, you know, very good regardless of how many people come to watch you. Are Betfred involved in some kind of like conspiracy to say to fans who go like these big teams with like Wigan and Saints who have loads of fans to say like, well, go and buy a ticket. It doesn't work. No. Looking at the grand final last year, nobody turned up. So, you know, two of the biggest sporting teams in, in the league, in Leeds and Saints. So, you know, Saints fans were, were very poor. I don't think so. I think because the bookies are there to make money. Hmm. You know, they, they keep the odds short because they know how much they want to pay out or don't want to pay out. They, they see the chances of us and Lee and Hulk KR or wherever is, of winning the grand final is quite extreme. And therefore, you know, it's 40, 50 to 1. They won't do that with, with Saints and Wigan because they know there's probably a better chance that they will make it. So that's, it, it, it is what it is. I think sometimes it's a bit disrespectful. But last year I had agreed with them. This year I don't. Uh, mm. And it's up to me to put my money where my mouth is, isn't it? That's it. That's it. Second thing I want to say is I've done the count. Obviously, early days of Scarlet Turkey message board, I was the optimist. Nothing's mm. changed 20, 30 years on, maybe. I've gone 30 points for this season. Wow. Well, which puts us fourth 
there's there's no reason why not. Absolutely not. I couldn't I couldn't doubt it. You know, we might start the season terribly. You know, we might just not get off the ground running at all and lose the first three, four, five games, and then you're panicking. Mm. You know, but it's a long season. Anything can happen. I mean, last season, like I say, nobody expected Salford to be in the playoffs, let alone in the semi-final. You know, we were 80 minutes from Old Trafford again. It happened in 2019, the same thing. Nobody would have put Salford with favourite for relegation and lost to a great Saints side in the final. Mm. It, it can happen. And like I say, I'm more confident this year than I've been for a long time. I'm not making any bold predictions that we're going to go and win the thing or, you know, we're off to Wembley or this, that and the other way. But I, I just don't see us having a problem near the bottom of the league. And I'm certainly looking up rather than down. Parker's not made, but making bold prediction, but I am. <laughs> I'm going to win the lot, Parker. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you say, you say you could put us fourth. We could easily finish between fourth and sixth or seventh. Anything yep. like that next season, if we miss out in the playoffs, but finish seventh or eighth, we we've lost nothing. We still yeah, but... probably got the smallest budget in the league. We still probably got the smallest crowds in the league. You know, it, it's we we do punch well above our weight, and if we make the playoffs again, then great. It shows progress again. It gives supporters more confidence for next year to go on and get season tickets to think, hang on a minute, this isn't a flash in the pan. This is genuinely a good team and a good squad. Uh, and that's what we need because we've had we've had those one year extravaganzas where everything's gone brilliantly. The year after all, the wheels have fell, fallen off. We just need a settled year, a year of progress again, good entertainment, and let's see where it takes us. We can't have a flash in the pan. It's got to be because there's people outside our bubble looking in. Mm-hmm. And last season we got to the semi final, and they'll be thinking, see what happens this year because that's where that's the way. It, at people outside our bubble mm. work, people at Salford want to see success before they invest, yeah, don't they? Absolutely. And if we can go again and, and reach the playoff again, then they'll think mm, playoffs two season on the run. Then they might think, oh, I might do it because we've, like you said, we've had seasons where we've had a good season, 2006 playoffs, next mm. season relegated, and that's and that's the the thing that hearts me because I think to yourself, I just you just need three seasons of playoff football. And this club changes like that, Parker. And, that, and that's what we need. And it's I know it's difficult. I know we've got a low budget for players and stuff like that. And, and it is difficult. But we've got people who make the right decisions under pressure, under under them circumstances. Like so Paul Rowley, Paul King, Ian Blees. Um, you know, the, the people who make these decisions on, on these players continue at the moment to make the right decision. Yeah. So whether they've got loads of money or no money, as long as they keep making them right right calls, it's all good. Yeah, I think this season will be a tougher one again because so many sort of biggish teams or the bigger teams failed last year. Hmm. Obviously, Warrington and Hull being two, two clubs that spend a hell of a lot of money and, and got nowhere. I think Huddersfield are obviously going to be better. They've signed some really good players again. I think Watson will do or should do well there. And he, he'll be under pressure to do so because if they don't do well this year, he spent a lot of Uncle Ken's money and not got him. So that's you know, that's a bit of a, a worry for them. But I think they will do well. I think they've got a really good team there. Obviously, Saints are going to have a new coach in Paul Wellens. That's going to be different. Wigan will probably be stronger again. Another year together. So it's it's going to be a tough year. Leeds, again, started off terribly last year and came good. Maybe they could have a good year. Cass, it's, it's tough. It really is tough. But we're as good as, as most teams in that league. Mm. So... I think I think it'd be a great year, but I'm I'm not I'm not concerned. Nope. Rival rounds Lee, eighth of April, two thirty kickoff. Oh, it's great, obviously. We all like playing Lee. Great history with the teams, and it's great they're back in Super League for me. Obviously, we wanted to to lose in there for the expansion, but we wanted to have a days and want money in the club's coppers. So I'd take two thousand Lee fans at the moment. Yeah, just our record at the Village is not brilliant, is it? I think that's an understatement. That's what about. We've never, I don't think we've won a competitive match there, have we? Mm. Uh, in all the time we've been. So that's something we need to change. But we have got Lee Connection now. So we've got men who have won at that ground. So may, maybe that'll help. Uh, but yeah, that rivals round again. It takes away the two games over Easter, doesn't it? Which, again, this year will make a difference. Uh, not having to back up, you know, putting out broken bodies. And with us having a smaller squad probably than others, it suits us better than, than most, really, in many ways. So that's a good thing. 
and then obviously we've got Magic Weekend again, which is another another tough another tough sort of game for us. But I'm looking forward to it already. I can't wait for it to kick off. Yeah, I just wish Ready. it kicked off in warm weather. <laughs> I see. You have to get through winter first, Parker, then the warm weather will come. Trust me. Hopefully. <laughs> Uh, other things, Morgan Escaray has departed, gone to Carcassonne. Didn't really get a, an opportunity for Salford. I think Ryan Briley nailed down that fullback spot. So unfortunately, he decided his future lies elsewhere. Yeah, he did well for us in the in the you know the times he played. He was, I think, was he Ian Watson's last signing, mm-hmm. or was it a Richard Marshall? I can't remember. It wasn't Paul Rowley's choice, mm-hmm. if you like. And I think Paul not made it clear, but. He didn't. He, he wasn't the kind of player that Paul Rowley was going to rely on. He likes dependable players, you know, with that experience. Not too. He's a bit of a maverick, wasn't he? And that's. I know in our team you'd say, well, that's basically what your team is. It's full of, you know, there's a lot of mavericks in there. A lot of players who do things that like the structure. But, yeah, <laughs> but I, I liked. I liked him. I thought he was, you know, a good little player. He's got a few good tries and he had that turn of pace and that against was it Leeds where he caught the ball behind the post. Yeah. Sidestep the post and left out the Leeds team on the backside. That kind of, you know, you need people like that. He's kind of freed up a little bit of money as well. I would have thought he, he probably came on quite quite a wage because he was a he was a you know a, a pretty top player. So he'd been at Wigan, hadn't he, and, and Wakefield and wherever else I think. So, uh, but no, I wish him all the best. He did well for us. He never, you know, didn't let us down. So uh, yeah, he's moved on now, and I hope he does well. You know, back in France. Yeah. Talking about Ryan Briley signed a new three-year deal. Fantastic, obviously, one of our own. Um, had a great season. Really good attacking with Brodie Croft and Mark Sneed and Andy Ackers. You know, really looks like a, the complete fullback now. Yeah, yeah, he's won us over. Started last season, he was in for copy and stick every week, wasn't he, for, for mm. one thing or another. Um, but he definitely developed into that role. Obviously, a confidence that Paul Rowley had in him and knew what he was capable of. And like you say, that combination with the, the, the two halfbacks really shone last season. And, and and you only really noticed when they weren't there, when when one of them didn't play, which was rare, because to be fair, most played all year. But there was a different sort of way we played, different style. But Ryan offers a lot. He's got a lot of, he's an intelligent player. He reads the game well. He's, he's obviously a student of the game. You can tell that when he's on BBC doing the commentary and that kind of thing. He knows what he's talking about. He's not just a player, he's obviously a thinker of the game. And him being a Salford fan is a massive plus, a massive bonus. I'm sure his family are absolutely buzzing that hopefully, you know, he'd be in his mid, well, we'll get it on for his mid 30s, I think, by the time his contract ends. This might be his, his, his club for life now, if you like. Great for us, brilliant. Again, that stability. There's no turnaround again in a very key position. You know, it's a lonely one, that the fullback, isn't it? It's a bit like the keeper at football. You're either a hero or a villain, but you, you've got to have a, a bit of a loose wire, I think, to be a fullback. But no, it's uh, it's really good news and, and settled now. That's it. Three years. You know, he knows his future. We know how full, who our fullback is. Yeah. So, just just more good news. Yeah. Good stuff uh, for him. Congratulations on your on your new contract, Ryan. Final bit of news: uh, the supporters' trust are hosting mm. a quiz night at Salford City Roosters on 28th of November. Get there for 7.30pm start, uh, Parky, or our resident uh, quizzer. Uh, I think you're a champion, Super League champion 2012, 2013, something like that, do you reckon? Is that, is that about right? Oh, I don't remember what year it was, but yeah, it was part of that, 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 yeah, that good great, great generation. Great line. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was good, yeah. Um, <laughs> got about that, actually. I wonder where you were going with that. I thought you'd gone on a prediction league when I... <laughs> <laughs> Last season, which, yeah, anyway, I'm hoping to get down to that to the, to the quiz. I think it'd be, be all right. I don't know who fancies joining me. If anyone does, I don't fancy being on a team on my own because it does get tricky when they start asking questions about strictly come dancing or something like that. I've never got a jar of glue. What's going on? So, but yeah, it should be a good night down at uh, down at the Roosters. Obviously, there'll be a bit of food that you can pick up while you're there and have a drink. But it's just nice for us to get together because I don't think as fans we get to do it enough these days. Obviously, without the Willows being there, it's always difficult. But it could be a nice night out, night, just a break. And if you don't want to go down for the quiz itself, just go down and mingle. You know, pay you know, pay your money, join join in with somebody else or whatever. But yeah, get down there and have a chat. Yeah. So if you want to get down there, contact uh, Natalie on oh seven nine eight oh eight three seven zero five six. 
or you can email her at natalie.salfordrlfc at gmail.com uh, or you can email the supporters trust at salfordrlfcst at dot secretary at gmail.com so uh, hopefully a big a big turnout there and uh, your success another successful night so that's all the news i've got parker uh, i've got no white sides world rugby league this week because it's off season so that's game time game time parker. <laughs> yeah. so this this one is called name that bench and hey. i've got four matches Salford have played one in the 90s one in 2000s one in 2010s and one in 2020s so what the name of the game is to name the bench on this particular match that I've picked so I will let you pick do you want to go 90s 2000s 2010s or 2020s that's the first question I'll have to go 90s because I've forgotten everything after that. 90s. Yeah. Right, give me a sec. I think, I think it might be the last time I, I'd been sober, so that would that would have been it. <laughs> Maybe. Right, so, 1990s. So, 17th of August, 1997, Salford okay. played Wigan away from home mm-hmm. and won 21 mm-hmm. points to 14. Mm-hmm. Salford's team that day was Gary Broadbent at fullback, Senior on the wing, Scott Naylor, Nathan McAvoy, Darren Rogers, Steve Blakely, Mark Lee, Paul Southern, Peter Edwards, Cliff Eccles, John Cartwright, and Senior Fire Milo, mm-hmm. and Luke Sorrell was Craig Randall. So who was on the bench that day? Right. Well, he's so got four, four names. You I'm took, going to you, give you two lives. Right. You took one of them because I thought I thought Craig Randall might have been, but he actually played. So, okay. Well, I think I've got one because I think okay. it might have been his debut for us that day. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it was David Bradbury. Yeah, you're right. David yeah. Bradbury. Yeah. yeah. I think it was his debut that day. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Who else would have been on the bench that day? 1997. Got three. Yeah, three to go. Two lives. Scott Martin. Scott Martin, two out of two. So you got two more. Hmm. Um... Stuart Cummins was referee. Six thousand five hundred at Central Park. Oh, big, big crowd, big crowd, big crowd. That would have been ninety-seven. Just to recap, the I've two got... names uh, you've got so far: Dave Bradbury yeah. and Scott Mine. Do you want wasn't, a clue? Wasn't wasn't Paul Farber? Was it? Nope, Paul Farber wasn't. So you've got one life left. So, do you want a clue? Yeah, go on. Go on. So, do you want a clue for number one or a clue for number two? Number two. Number two. Famous rugby league commentator has the same second name as this guy. Phil Waring? Phil Waring. That's three. I played, I played with Phil at Eccles uh, <laughs> many years ago, yeah. Uh, good player, very good player, Phil. Um, you're in the glorious seven years of undefeated rugby league, was yeah, that? Kind of, yeah. Um, Last one. I can't give you a clue on this one. We no. Took your clue. No, no. To forward. Mm-hmm. Now you said Southey played. Uh, go for the team again. It's. Gary Broadbent at fullback, Cine, Scott Naylor, Nathan McAvoy, Darren Rogers, Steve Blakely, Mark Lee, Paul Southern, Peter Edwards, Cliff Eccles, John Cartwright, Cine Far Milo, and Craig Randall. And on the bench you've named mm-hmm. Dave Bradbury, Scott Martin, Phil Waring. 
You've got one to go. He's a forward. Mm, it's not. He can't be. I've got in mind. But talk me through your thought process, Parky. What's what's going through your head? Well, I'm trying to think because I remember the start of that year. Because I think we had a good cup run. Mm. Uh, got to the. Did we get to the semi in the cup with John Cartwright being there. And I was trying to think of it. There was a player who got Sinbin that day. We still, I think we still went on, but we still went on and won that quarter final. And I thought it was going to be him, but he wouldn't be on the bench because I don't think he'd be big enough to, to cover positions. So I think I'm looking for a prop come second row. Um, and my only problem is my mind's going completely. Back. Oh no! The only the only one I can think of, and I don't think he joined till the year after. Was Joe Faimalo? I don't think he joined till ninety eight, so I was probably wrong there. Is that your final answer? Yes, I can't cheat. I can't. I can't just keep guessing. So the final spot on the bench when Salford beat Wigan twenty one fourteen in nineteen ninety seven was because of Belio. I thought about Lucky. I thought yeah. I did. I thought he might have gone by there. The only other player I was thinking of was David Hume. David Hume, yeah, he was around that time. Yeah, but he, he did him. Him and Forber, I think, got injured that year and didn't really play. Mm. And that's where. It, but yeah, Lucky, Lucky Savilio, he's a good. He, he was good for us again because you think back to that time of the '96 was obviously the, the Wigan, the big Wigan game. Um, mm. And, and it, again, that team didn't change an awful lot. No, nope. you know, did bring in John Cartwright of that experience and a few others, but nothing, nothing overall the team at the time. Um, oh, that's good. That yeah, yeah, yeah. A good day. That a very good. Day. Yeah, uh, I remember it well. Good game. Good game. Yes. Yeah, I remember that day very well. Last yeah. time I went to Central Park. Try scorers that day: Steve Blakely, yeah. uh, Gary Broadbent, Peter yeah. Edwards. Steve Blakely kicked four goals and Mark Lee dropped a goal. I remember, I think, didn't all, all our tries come at the one end? I'm sure they all came at that cop end, that big end at Wigan. I just, I don't know why I think that. I just seem to, it, it may have been because, again, I may have been intoxicated and, and just think it was that way. But mm. I, I do remember the day. I remember having Tesco bags tied to me. Um, as, as homage to, to them losing their home. Terrible, man. Terrible, man. I wish I'd have done it. But, uh, yeah, no, it's good, that. Yeah, good, happy memories. Brought back some happy memories. And good players there. It was a good team, that. Good. It was. Uh, yeah, I like that. I'll do that. So, success. Two two games there. We'll, we'll continue to play them, I think, as, as the off-season yeah. uh, rolls on. Uh, big thanks uh, for tuning to this week's uh, podcast. been a great show. Parker, obviously rolling back the years with these players and these games and entertaining everyone in the off-season. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, you know, I mean, I'm a bit of a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to it, so I, I, I like all that kind of stuff, and I like remembering the older players, and, you know, it brings back memories, to be honest, something that I've probably suppressed a little bit, um, but yeah, no, really good, I enjoyed that, I enjoyed the show, it was good, good to chat and, you know, get back to rugby league. Yeah, I would say big thanks for tuning in. Big thanks for everyone who's donated uh, through the coffee and bought us coffees to help us purchase equipment and programs and subscriptions, which help us to provide uh, this podcast. Without it, we, we wouldn't be here. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. Big thanks for tuning to this week's The Detail Podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you soon.